This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome in. It's Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, messing with Java Chapman here. I'm here with uh, Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors oh, yeah. and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wills Contreras, IT expert at Newcore Steel, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Sounds like Wills is doing the work right now. He's got some stuff going. He's, he's doing the business. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's Hello, show Jay. about consumer technology. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, Wills. Hey, Jeremy. Anybody? Well, anyway, Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy is known as the guy that'll help you fix it. Wilts is known as the guy that to help you keep it safe, and they can both do either rather well. So you're in good hands either way. I want to hear from you this morning. Got any tech problems, issues, or questions, or do you have a story or experience to share? Call Everyday Tech today. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Some interesting stories today. The Warner Media and Discovery merger has a new name for all of its productions, and they already got logos and everything that they're putting on some of these shows and things like that. Um, The SEC, the uh, Securities and Exchange Council, not the uh, College Football League or whatever, wrote uh, Tesla in 2019 and 2020 about Elon Musk's tweets which uh, they were saying, hey, dude, you're, some of these tweets you're doing are tantamount to insider trading to a certain extent, or not necessarily insider trading, but uh, this guy has so much control over stuff that uh, his tweets can actually you know, affect stock prices. And I'm sure he knew that, and I'm sure that was all part of the plan, but you know, whatever, that's some of the stuff that he was doing that they were worried about. And uh, Tesla and Elon were not worried about it at all. Amazon Prime Day has a has a date for this year now. I always mess this up and miss it. And and even if I'm prepared for it, I go in on that day and there's so many deals and there's so much different stuff and I don't know what to do. It's just it's it's so much going on. But uh, Amazon Prime Day has a date for this year. We could talk about that as well. Uh, Amazon makes it easier to sue after a deluge of arbitration claims. Nintendo's going to take one of its old factories and turn it into a museum. And uh, there's uh, plenty more to get into uh, this morning as well. 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. Oh, yeah, one other thing I did see. Spotify's Only You feature explains how you really do have a weird taste in music. Weird is not the word I would have used there in Gadget, where I saw this story. I would say individual, unique. We all have unique tastes in music, right? All right. We've got some folks that have been calling. Hang on. We just got somebody in there to get the phone. So keep calling. We're going to answer that phone. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. So we're having some issues with the getting a hold of the guys? Uh-oh. That means I'm here to answer the problems. That's exactly what you didn't want, people who are on hold. (laughs) All right, let's dig into it while we work on getting those guys in place here. 
<laughs> you knew something was wrong when he was asking, hey, Jay, are you there? Yes, I am. Are you here? Nothing. Spotify's regularly, uh, Spotify regularly produces experience that offer insight into your streaming habit, usually leaving you with new playlists to fit your audio preferences, whether it's a, a road trip mix or most streamed tunes of the year. I do love that year in review thing that you get, uh, um, I guess, once a year, but seems mine's like randomly in the middle of the year. I guess maybe that's your, uh, uh, your, your signing up anniversary or something like that. But I do love to see the... I guess the results of my streaming for the past year. My wife says I have a playlist, and I do. I have one specific playlist with about 65 songs on it. That's like my go-to playlist of my very favorite songs, and she says I just wear those same ones out. Mostly true. Mostly guilty. But um, uh, today, Spotify revealed its latest iteration called Only You where the end-of-the-year wrapped feature can tell you your top artists and songs. The company explains that only you offers details on how you listen and what makes your contributions different from anyone else. Kind of like the 2020 installment of Wrapped, another one of their features, only you is a shareable story-driven setup that allows you to watch the various aspects of your streaming behavior like you would daily updates at the top of your Instagram feed. Only you begins with a unique artist pairing, um... Uh, so for the author of this story, it said it highlighted how much I jumped from Eric Church to Pet Shop Boys, and that is very unique. The feature all, also offers insight into music from specific years that you stream often. Mine would probably be like 1986 or something like that. The music or podcast you listen to frequently at a specific time of day, your unique mix of genres, topics, and more. There's a quote, your audio birth chart that covers the artist you listened to most over the last six months, the artist that, quote, best shows your emotional or vulnerable side. Wow. And an artist you've only recently discovered. Also, quote, your dream dinner party allows you to select three artists you'd like to share a meal with, offering a rather interesting mix of styles and uh, probably personalities. Uh, one you've picked your... Uh, you picked your trio. Spotify will create new playlists for each one that include their music and some tunes from similar acts, which is pretty cool. So you could do something like uh, Jason Isbell and um, let's see, uh, Nora Jones and Garth Brooks. He'd be a random, random third of those, but uh, you put those three together and then it, um, builds you a playlist of their music and artists who are similar to them. So, all right, that Jay White, <laughs> Jeremy, what's good morning? <laughs> good morning. So, We've had some technical difficulties. Yep. How've, uh, how have you been monologuing on here? <laughs> well, I was talking about uh, so, some new features. A new feature that Spotify is is doing called the Only You feature that explains how weird your musical taste is individually to you. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't dare take a call. Uh, without uh, <laughs> without you or Wilts uh, on the wait, so uh, evidently our 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 talk back with our Skype is having some issues. It's not wanting to talk back to us, so <laughs> we're Man, having not skyping very well today. No, no, got to use that Zoom like like Liz does. I don't know; it might be broken too. But uh, got you on the phone. We're working on Wilts, and we got a full bank of calls. So first, Jeremy, how's it going? How have you been? Hey, it's going great. Uh, I've been working a lot, doing a little bit of after-hours work. Um, mining rigs, keeping me busy, really uh, enjoying it. It's uh, it's tough work because you've got to be real, real, real sure that you've got everything set up the right way. But um, I, I enjoy doing it, and uh, there's, there's, an, there's enough out there uh, to keep me busy. Absolutely. I have to say that in the last month, I've started dabbling in, in – uh, uh, crypto investing, and it had its worst month in a decade. So you're welcome, yes. everybody. You're yes. welcome. Uh, this was this was definitely a bad month to get into crypto. Uh, <laughs> however, you know uh, the the uh, the right time to get into it is always when it is down like that. Unfortunately, uh, and this is not financial advice because I am in no way a financial advisor <laughs> whatsoever. But um, we have another show yeah, for that. I had uh, I had. Uh, just gotten my uh, my dad into it uh, right before it dipped. Um, I was actually I was I was helping him 
uh, showing him how to buy some through the apps and all. And um, I was looking at one of the ones that I was heavily in, and I was like, wait a minute, does that say – does that say negative 50? Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You buy the dip is what they say, uh, of course. That's, that's awesome. Say, yeah. that's, that's awesome if you get it at the bottom of the dip. But uh, uh, Right. Where yeah, is the bottom? Buying buying in right before the dip is probably the worst thing you could do. So that's yes. where I got in naturally. All right. Let's get to the phones. First up, let's talk to Jim, who is in Houston. Jim, thanks for calling this morning and, and uh, hanging on for us. Jim, what's going on? Hey, how are y'all? Excellent. Uh, I, have a, I hope it's a very simple question, but, but is it possible to buy a new unlocked cell phone? Or do I have Absolutely. to always? It is. Yes. Because you tell uh, me how to do it then. Well, if you want, do you want an iPhone or do you want an Android? I want Android, and I'm looking for a flip phone. I got, I got... A basic flip phone in there. Okay, so there's not really an Android flip phone. I mean, there's a couple, but like I wouldn't call them options for you because they're expensive. Foldable Android phones oh. are not cheap right now. Um, however, an unlocked Android phone should be relatively cheap, and you can get that from the manufacturer itself, like say Samsung, or uh, you could go through Amazon. Um, just make sure that when you uh, well, hang, hang on, hang on a second. That it is in fact unlocked. Hang on a second, Jim. Are you talking about like a foldable phone, or are you talking about like an old school flip phone? I'm talking about an old school uh, LG classic flip phone. Ah. It, unfortunately, because three G networks are being discontinued, you're not going to be able to continue to use phones like that. Hmm. So, if it's if it's running Android, it's going to be something newer that works on four G, five G, but it's going to be. Not, it's not going to be something that folds. There are phones like that, but they're very expensive right now, and that technology is still rather experimental at the moment. So the the, the, the new the new LG and and sin, singular, how do you pronounce that? Claim to be four Gs, but they're not really. Well, I mean, if they say that they work on the four G network and it's a flip phone, then it should it should work just fine. However, most of those phones. Uh, operated on 3G networks, so they're not very common anymore. Okay. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm happy with the service I'm getting, but they, the, the, the phone, they, you know, anyway. I tell, you, I tell you this, Jim, and uh, we appreciate the call, man. Um, I was at Walmart uh, looking for, you know, a little $30 Android phone just this past weekend to to serve a, a simple function. I was actually going to use the, the camera for it. Uh, and at the Walmart that I was at, they have a couple of flip phone options. Now, what Jeremy said about 3G going away imminently is true, and that will render it useless. But look, I mean, this flip these flip phones, are they're not the most expensive. And if you buy one like that from Walmart, you can get it. I mean, it's basically a it's it's a it's a pay as you go option. So it's essentially an, an an unlocked open phone to begin with, anyway. Because if, right, you don't, I, if you don't buy any information, or if you don't buy any, uh, uh, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? If you don't if you don't buy any data, you know, basically it'll only work on Wi-Fi, but it will be an open unlocked phone. So what were you saying, Jeremy? I, I do have to I do have to point one thing out, and that's that there are flip phones that are available on 4G technology, but they do not run Android. Right, right. It's just a, so, it's basically just like it's proprietary to whatever the distributor is, right? Just its own right. kind of, yeah. Its own little baked-in OS, yeah. So, Jim, you do have that option there. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's as uh, you go to your own Walmart. Best Buy may have something like that, too. The options probably aren't as, as wide as they are because that's not really the demo they're shooting for. But uh, Walmart has a... a Lord knows this is not a, an endorsement for Walmart, but they have a wall full of phones that you can buy uh, for as, I think, as little as $30 and as much as you want to spend, basically, on phones that are unlocked and open, uh, and they're kind of pay-as-you-go type phones. So a lot of different models, a lot of different brands, and uh, they have uh, several different companies that will offer you pay-as-you-go information on that, or data, I should say. So, Jim? Interesting call. That's a, a, a good question. Thanks for starting us off today. Let's go to Angie up next, who is in Mobile. Angie, thanks for calling. Hi, how are you? Excellent, excellent. What's going on? Awesome. Okay. Um, 
I may have this a little bit twisted. Um, I was seeing something came up in my feed and it was talking about Amazon um, starting some new test something where people um, will be sharing like their data or something with each other. If you have Amazon products that you and your neighbors will be sharing feed or something like that. Can you give me more information about that and tell me how I can not be a part of that? <laughs> um, I think what you're talking about is Amazon Sidewalk. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I, was, I was reading about that also this week. I have just skimmed articles on it, so I am not uh, real well-versed in Amazon Sidewalk right now. Give me a, a commercial break, and I might be an expert. Um, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the main thing is, as far as uh, opting out of it, there is always going to be a way to opt out of this stuff. And if not, you can always go uh, with a different vendor. You know, if you use Alexa, you can go with a Google Home or something like that. I don't expect that you want to go changing all your devices out, but I'm sure that this will be something that – uh, you just you, you opt into. It's not something that you have to participate in. Okay, because when I was reading it, it was like if you don't opt out, like you're automatically in. But I actually don't have an Alexa and stuff. But my TV like came with Amazon, it's like a Prime TV or something. So I I don't know if that would still even affect me or not because I don't have Alexa. I would say if you're not logged into your Amazon account on your television, you're probably okay. Now, what this is, uh, Sidewalk is a low-bandwidth network that taps into a consumer's home Wi-Fi to connect Alexa smart speakers, uh, ring doorbell security cameras, uh, tile location trackers, and other outdoor sensors. It works by having users of the product share a small portion of their bandwidth uh, with other users. Uh, basically, it's a way to build a, a larger, more reliable GPS network. Um, it'll enable, it, it will enable neighboring devices to connect at long range, and they say the network will allow users to locate lost keys or missing pets, um, like the, the tile thing I was telling you about. That's the thing that you can buy, that you can, you can put it in your wallet or put it on your keychain, or they have now... They have little tile stickers, and you know you could put one no. of those on like your pet's, um, like your dog or cat's uh, leash, or yeah. you know for me it would be like my kids stealing all my charging blocks. I could stack one, <laughs> put one of those on those things, and then I could always know where that thing is thanks to uh, GPS. the The thing is, though, uh, to your point, that you know your information is attached to all that, and what kind of security risk would that be? And Amazon, in their um, introducing uh, this idea and this new technology, did not provide security details. But they did say that it cannot be used to spy on other Amazon's users and that mm -hmm. the network uses, quote, unquote, multiple layers of encryption to protect people's privacy. So you're going to have to take yeah. Amazon at their word. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, well, thank you for um, explaining that. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. All right, Angie, we appreciate the call from Mobile this morning. Let's uh, keep on moving. Up next, we have uh, Jim, who is in Madison. Let me hit that button real fast. Jim, thanks for calling. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all doing today? Excellent. Thanks for hanging on for us. Yeah, sure. Um, I have a couple of old laptops that are worn out. Uh, from which I have removed the um, hard drives. Are there alternatives for disposing of e-waste like that other than waiting for my city or county to um, have an e-waste disposal day where I'll have to stand in line for five hours to dispose of them? Um, I, I think that uh, there are definitely alternatives. I wouldn't say disposing necessarily, but um, upcycling it, donating it to um, a school, um, there are always little computer engineers like myself, you know, that were in school once upon a time that wish that somebody would donate us laptops so that we could tear them apart so that we could learn how to not tear them apart. Um, <laughs> it's, 
it's it, it was essential in in my uh, upbringing as a as a young uh, computer resident that um, I had machines like that that I could that I could take apart. So I would look at a school see if they have a uh, computer engineering program or a CET program oh, and yeah. see if you could donate it to their classroom because I know that somebody could use that laptop. Even if it's older and it's running Windows 7, it could still have a hard drive put in it and it could still work and it could still be of use to somebody and stay out of our landfills. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great idea. Thanks so much, guys. All right, Jim. We Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, absolutely. That is a good idea. I'm glad he had that question. That's a good question. That's a that's a great idea, Jeremy. Got to have some practice patience, right? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, like uh, Jay, when I was when I was in high school, I had never disassembled a laptop before, and so when I had my first job where I was fully disassembling a laptop that you know I couldn't just like tear apart because I was like, oh, I need to get to this one part. No, I have to keep the whole thing together and give it back to the owner. That was a real challenge because I, I did not have experience with those things in high school because we did not have any to take apart, or we didn't have many to take apart. Sure, yeah. And, you know, if you've got you've got 13 to 20 kids in your class, you've got to have quite a few machines for them to be able to take apart or destroy. So, uh, you know, inevitably a bunch of them are going to get messed up, or they probably don't work anyways, but they would still be good learning tools. See, I wish I'd have thought of that because, you know, I, I mentioned last week on the show that I had a, a Surface Pro 3 mm-hmm. uh, that I bought. And, you know, b- between me and my four kids, that poor thing never had a chance. And, you know, finally, as opposed – and that's one of those things we talked about, and we've mentioned this to several people asking about things like that, that it's it's – those things are very difficult to get repaired uh, because it's a lot of, you oh, yeah. know, it's 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 a lot of, um, you know, very specific stuff. But anyway, uh, I just threw it away. You know, when I when I was like, look, I'm done messing with this. I'm I'm tired of trying to reformat it and get it to, you know, act like it did when we first bought it. Yeah. And in in frustration, one day I was like, well, this is twenty five hundred dollars. I didn't get a whole lot of value out of like I thought I might, and just chucked it in the garbage. You know, it was partly yeah. out of frustration. But yeah, I wish I'd have thought of that. There's no doubt. And look, I mean, depending on how big of a town you live next to, um, you know, these days, I mean, Jim is in Madison. Um, Madison Central High School uh, has uh, a great, uh, you know, television production uh, program. And I mean, I don't know if it would necessarily apply to that program in particular, but I'm sure if they have a television production program that they have, you know, some other, you know, computer and electronics uh, type programs that I'm sure they would love to take on something like that. Uh, you know, Certainly, and and that's not the only school in that area that probably would be able to find something to do with that. You know, to give to the kids to mess around with. So you know, it's not schools. just colleges, but also schools. Yeah, they they have budgets, and not a lot of it goes to the CET classes. At least not when I mean, you know, it, that was back in 2004 when I was doing that. But I mean, you know, I, I don't imagine that a lot has changed budget wise. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, donate your computers to the schools. I'm sure that they can use them. Unless somebody wants to call and go, please stop donating computers to our schools. Stop telling people to do that. We don't need any more. We have plenty. Uh, yeah. But I doubt that call is coming. I really doubt right. it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now that I think about it, you know, they have, uh, you know, some school districts, I was going to say all schools, not all, but some basically have a laptop for every kid these days. And I don't know how they do that. That's remarkable that public schools have the ability to do that somehow or another. Uh, so they may yeah. have, they may have a bunch. So you might need to call and ask before you just go and drop it off. We also, uh, we have a, um, an organization here in Hattiesburg called rise mm-hmm. and it's to help, uh, individuals who have had, uh, difficulties in life for whatever reason, kind of get back on their feet and learn employable skills. There's a uh, like a class where you learn to type your resume up, learn to use a computer. Uh, an, an organization like that, if you have one of those locally, they would also probably love to have that machine. They'd have to find somebody to put a drive in it, but they need that kind of stuff donated to them on a regular basis because, again, people tear up computers, you know, even just through regular wear and tear. And they don't last very long anymore. So any kind of place like that would love to have that kind of donation, I think. Absolutely. All right. We've got a, a David and Natasha. Hang on just a second. We're going to go. We're working to you as fast as we can. 
Up next, we're going to go to Jonathan, who is in Jackson. Jonathan, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hi. Go right ahead. What's happening? My Chromebook's camera isn't working. It's the built-in camera. Okay. Um, So uh, that's probably just a hardware problem. Um, When was the last time that it was working? Has anything happened to your Chromebook that might have caused the camera to stop working? I got the camera last month. I mean, I got the computer last month, and the camera was working fine. Uh-huh. Until a few days later. Okay, so um, if you have all your stuff on the Chromebook uh, saved, you can try to reset it and see if that would get the camera working again. If that won't work and that is a brand new Chromebook, you need to contact the manufacturer and get them to, uh, to honor that through a warranty and get that repaired. I'm using an HP Chromebook. Okay. Yeah, so you would contact HP, and you would tell them, hey, I bought this Chromebook. It's less than a year old. Here's the serial number. I need the webcam to work. I have another HP computer. It's not a Chromebook, but the camera on that is working. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't be able to swap between the two unless it's like a USB camera that you could remove. Um, so that won't really be an option, but like you, like I said before, if you just bought this computer and it's like less than a year old, they have to fix that under their warranty. You're supposed to have a fully working machine for one year at least, and they should honor that under the warranty. So if you contact HP and let them know what's going on with it, they should be able to fix it for you. Or at the very least, they might have some, you know, somebody that could... You know, see if the drivers are up to date, or I mean, I'm sure they would be, but maybe would, maybe a driver's faulted a, or something like that. I don't know. With a Chromebook, there's not really any drivers to go in and fiddle with because every Chromebook okay. has a specifically made OS for it, so the drivers are already built into it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, yeah, I would say the same thing. It'd be like a driver issue. That's why I said reset it because that might might fix the issue. I love the idea of the Chromebook, but that Chrome OS, no, not not great. Mm-mm. Not a fan. It's not not a whole lot you can do with that. No, it's it's good for uh, educators. Yeah. Good for school. Really good because you can really control that experience. You sure can. Keep the kids <laughs> off those games. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got. Uh, thanks for the call, Jonathan, and hope that goes well for you. Let's go back to the phones. We've got David up next, who's in Mobile. David, thanks for calling. Yeah, um, I had my TV conk out. Uh, well, Sunday night, and uh, the sound would come on, but uh, the picture wouldn't. So I figured, well, the next day I'd just go down to Best Buy and buy a new one, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get down there, bought my ruler, and, and um, well, uh, pick out one. Oh, we don't have this one in stock. And I tried one model after another. Well, we finally got this one in stock. I said, "Well, let me take a look at the back panel to see if the hook, see if uh, you know the hookups." No, we can't do that. They won't let let you look at the back panel to see if you're what? Yeah, what? They won't let you look at the back of the TV. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'm going to Walmart where they won't care if I try to pull it off the wall and look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went ahead and got it anyway, and not until I got it home and pulled out of the box did I find out that it wouldn't accept the, uh, like, from a DVD player, the old analog input, as well as the HDMI and the, and the other, you know, the antenna. So I take it back, and guess what? They do not refund sales tax. Wow. What? So that was two trips down there, and I'm out fifty-five dollars worth of sales tax. Yeah, it refunds sales tax. Yeah, thank you, Best Buy. You know, I've never heard of that. Wow. They would not. Oh, we ain't got this one or that one in stock. So, and and the one on Spanish Fort didn't have it in stock either. You know. So, did you take the TV back or? 
to see if you hook up so properly, you know? Yeah. Because I know what I have here. You see? The only way I could find out was to bring it all the way down here, pull it out of the box, and then look. Well, that's, that's not great. That's not great customer service, and I, I feel like maybe you just got a very unhelpful salesperson or, or an unhelpful store. I, I, I used to work at Best Buy, and if somebody asked me if we could see the back of the TV, I'd be like, sure, here you go. Here's the display. Here's the back. I don't, I don't know what – I don't know why they would do that nor what the sales tax thing was about. So did you take the TV back, or did you decide to hang on to it to keep your sales tax? What, what did you do? Uh, I uh, took it right back and gave them a mild chewing out. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Mild. Mild. You let them off the hook mild. this time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this time. There was only two strikes this time, Best Buy, but you get a third one. I'm coming back, and it's going to be it's going to be spicy. It's going to be a spicy chewing out. And look, the Spanish Fort store already got put on front. They didn't even have it to begin with. In the future, David, if, I mean, if you've got a, a smartphone, you can download. And this is the this is one of the cool things about shopping these days, and something that I'm figuring out that I can do instead of going into a store and wandering around and trying to find the thing that I want. These days, I mean, you could you can download the Best Buy app, you can download the Walmart app, and uh, you know, create an account or you know, put in the the zip code of, uh, that you live in. It'll find the closest store to you, and it will tell you. I mean, you, I mean, you can search through products. When you find the ones you want, you know, and, and most of these, especially for stuff like TVs, it'll at least have one picture of the panel on the back so you can see if you've got the connections that you need. Uh, and it will tell you whether or not the store closest to you has that in stock. So you'll know that before you even go to the store. And... For a lot of these, you can it will it will show you whether or not it has it in stock in several stores around the area. So in Mobile, that'd be you know several 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 stores, I'm sure, in all the different suburbs and probably many inside the city limits as well. So uh, Walmart, Best Buy is like that. Target is like that. Uh, there's plenty of them. So that's a, a a way that you can and you can actually buy it on the app, and they'll you know, have it ready to deliver to you when you come to the store. And that way you don't even really have to go in or anything like that. They'll bring it out to you at Best Buy. They will anyway. So that is an option. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, if if they won't show you, I mean, I'll, you know, David, if, if the next time somebody doesn't show you the, the, the thing that you're buying and they won't let you look at all of it before you buy it. Don't buy it. Yeah. Take they, your business elsewhere. They don't deserve to have your money. If they won't show no. you what it is you're buying physically. Uh, I'll say that for sure. Uh, we have to vote with our wallets and paying a store like that, that kind of money. I mean, $55 sales tax. That's, that's not exactly, that's, that's not a little cheap TV. That's no. substantial. Um, so they should have taken your business seriously. Um, not to mention they need those sales because that's how their employees get hours unless something has changed at Best Buy. So they should be real nice to you and they weren't. So yeah, I would have taken my business elsewhere. Yeah. The other thing is, is if you get a TV down there and it doesn't have that adapter you need off your, your DVD player, uh, or the input, I should say, there's all, you can always try to buy an adapter. And that's what I would have done. Rather than get, rather than eat sales tax, I would have paid for an adapter since I'm going to have to lose money on it anyways. And then at least I'll be able to hook my stuff up to it. Yeah. But I would get it at Walmart. I'm not going to buy it from Best Buy. No, not if they treat me like that. If you get it at Best Buy, it'll be gold-plated, literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And it'll be like garbage. something that could be nineteen ninety five, or if you get it off Amazon, it could probably be like $5. It'll cost like 50 at Best Buy, but it's gold plated. It's gold plated for whatever yep. that's worth. And it's probably insignia too, because <laughs> that's their brand. All right, David, we appreciate the call. Let's uh, take one more before a break here and talk to Natasha, who is in Jackson. Good morning. What's going on? Uh, hi. Um, I have two questions. 
the first is about my laptop. I have an HP laptop. I can't give you any more information on that because I can't remember the model number. But That's okay. then, I dropped it on concrete. Mm-hmm. I believe is what happened. The screen is fine, but the area by the port is kind of coming loose, the top and the bottom. And then when I plug in the charger, it's like it won't. It, sometimes it'll charge the computer, and you can unplug the computer, and it'll be charged, and sometimes it won't. The second thing is, even with the charger plugged into the computer, if you move the screen too far back, then uh, the computer will shut off. So I'm wondering, my brother says he thinks that the battery is getting knocked out of place, but I'm not um, sure. What do you think it could be? Something in the port well, or? It sounds to me like when you drop your laptop, you damage the hinge because you said the top and the bottom are coming loose. So, like, do you have to hold the corner of it whenever you flip the screen up? Um, no, it'll work. And the thing is, it will only stay on if the charger is plugged into it. Mm. Uh-huh. If I yeah, it sounds it like your battery, your battery may have been knocked loose or something, but it sounds like you've got some other damage that may be causing issues. Because, see, if your charger has gone loose, or when you plug it in, it's it's intermittently working, then it's either too far, it's been knocked back in the laptop too far where you can't make full contact when you plug it in. Like it's not physically close enough to the side of the laptop anymore. Um, that happens a lot. And then also with if the hinge is broke, then um, it could be pushing the motherboard and it could be shorting it out. There's a lot of different ways that that situation could go wrong. If you could send us some pictures to everydaytech at mpbonline.org, I really need to see damage like that to to understand just exactly what your situation is. But it sounds like something's up with your battery, and it sounds like you've got some structural damage that might have messed up the chassis, um, and it's it's causing issues with you being able to plug the charger in fully. You said everydaytech at mpb.org? mpbonline.org. mpbonline.org. Okay, second question. Uh Someone yep. recently tried to get, I can't remember what it was, a TV or a computer fixed uh, at a local repairman shop. And he had uh-huh. started, and he had told them that some of these electronics that are being made now are not really worth fixing. He called them throwaway electronics. What do you think about, like, if your phone's broken or your laptop's broken or even your TV or DVD player, instead of trying to, um, with the newer stuff, instead of trying to just go buy a completely new one, just either trying to fix it yourself or find someone to fix it. Do you think it's worth it, or do you really think we are in the age of throwaway electronics? Well, you asked a big question because you covered lots of different devices. So let me let me cover them one by one. TVs are sometimes serviceable, but if there's something wrong with the screen, if the screen is damaged, it is not a cost-effective repair in most cases because getting that screen typically costs more than you would want to pay to get that part if you can even find the part. So a lot of the issue is part availability or part cost. So that's why a lot of repair shops will say that it's throwaway because it's going to cost too much to get it fixed. Between the labor and the part, there's just not a cost-effective repair there. And most repair shops with a conscience aren't going to repair something for you that costs more than the device did originally or even uh, a fraction of the cost. I would say if it goes over half of what the device costs, it's probably time to start looking at getting a new one. Now, computers and laptops are entering a – uh, a new phase where it, you heard Jay talking about his surface and how he had to throw a $2,500 laptop in the garbage basically because he couldn't get it to do what he needed it to do. And it was just really frustrating to him. Well, th- that particular machine is very difficult to repair. So that one wouldn't even be one that I would suggest that he donate to a school because all you can do is heat up the screen and pull it up. And then there's a board inside that can't be serviced. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with difficult to replace parts. So some laptops are easier to fix, and they are serviceable, mainly Dell these days. Um, but they're, HP and uh, some of the other ones that run Windows and all, those those are uh, easier to fix than, say, Macs these days because Apple's trying to make it to where you have to go to Apple in order to get something fixed. Well, because Apple's doing that, you know, HP's doing that, Dell's doing that, and everybody's trying to drive the repairs back to their shops. So they have all these, like, authorized shops and all this, and they smear people like me that are third-party repairs because we're not, quote, authorized to repair their stuff. So 
most people will say, well, if I can't find someone, quote, authorized to do it, then I'll just get something new because I don't have the right person to do the repair anyways. So there's a lot of different things that factor into why things are or not getting repaired. And then you asked about foams. Foams are mostly fixable, and they make them that way because they know that most people are trying to hold on to them for a while. We do not want to upgrade our foams every two years, although they try to build in software updates that will make the phone almost unusable so that you're forced to upgrade. We call that forced obsolescence. So there's a lot of lot, lot of different factors going on to either drive people to buy a new device or uh, to, to disincentivize people from wanting to fix the device that they have. I hope that I've answered your question, and do you have any follow-up questions? Um, actually, I do have one follow-up question. I'm not sure if you can Certainly. answer this or not. But recently I was watching, I believe, Russian news or something like that, and they were talking about how um, Apple is now in trouble in Europe for forcing other – it's like you can – only Apple apps work well on Apple phones or Apple devices. Correct. And if you try to use a third party, they've made it to where it would be very difficult to use, and they're in hot water in Europe. And that was my last question, what you thought about that. Well, Apple runs the iOS, which it requires certain rules to be abided by in order to even be used on a, an unjailbroken iOS. But people can jailbreak their phones so they can run apps that are not supposed to be available in the App Store or not supposed to be run on their iPhone. But Apple does that for a couple of reasons, and I think that they're going to uh, they're going to be contenders if there's a, a suit against them because they're going to always say this is about protecting our users. We're not going to allow apps in our App Store that we can't verify because we want to protect our users, even though it's not all about security because Apple loves to have a stranglehold on control, and they've got a lot of that. So um, Apple, like I said, they're a trendsetter in the industry, and they have more money than some small countries do. So um, they are a force to be contended with, and they are going to continue to be the trendsetter in the industry, and they're going to continue to play by their own rules because they're Apple. And they know they can get away with it. Well, we're learning now that these, you know, these big companies. I mean, you've got not just companies, but continents that are coming after them, you know, for their 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 business behavior. Um, and I mean, they're not just bowing to the will of like a continent like North America or Europe or Asia or something like that. So we're going to see some of these some of these companies kind of. I mean, they halfway act like they know they're bigger than, you know, any kind of, you know, regulating body that represents an entire continent, continent of people like Europe. And well, Jay, it, the more that they you know, have the confidence to do that, the worse that it is ultimately. Well, you know, we looked up how much Apple makes per day, remember? And mm -hmm. the last time that they had to pay for uh, these infractions, it was... I think it was going to take a few minutes for them to pay the fee. It wasn't. It wasn't long. Yeah. Um, with with Apple making at least with this quick Google search here, uh, twenty five one hundred and twenty five million dollars per day. It's not going to take them long to pay those fees, and that's all they're going to do. And they're going to continue to do that, just like every big corporation does when they break the rules and get slapped on the hand, and they go, "Oh, we won't do that again until nobody's paying attention." Right. Absolutely. That's it. And like you said, I mean, the, the, the restrictions and the punishments can only go so far. And when you have these companies that make, you know, the GDP of, you know, half the world combined, what's that really doing to them, you know? And a, a company like Apple or Google or Microsoft or something like that, I mean, they make so much money in a day that they'll take those hits to be able to keep going, oh, yeah. you know? They'll take those hits to make the heat go away and keep just doing what they're doing. And this is what we're finding out more and more. It's kind of the, you know, the elephant in the room, so to speak. All right. Let's take a quick break here. Fred, who is in Marks, hang on. We'll get to you when we come back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Think Radio. Thanks for all the calls this morning and uh, for listening. By the way, you can find this wherever you download your podcasts. And uh, this will be up shortly after the show this morning, a little bit later on. All right, let's go back to the phones. Fred is in Marks. Fred, thanks for calling. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, about six to eight weeks ago, an uh, electrical storm, power went out. Um, well, when it came back on, a uh, computer didn't come back on. And it's an HP. Uh, I talked with them, and basically they said, well, you can send it in, and it'll be about a month, and here's the minimum charge. And really, it was just about, you know, I could buy a new one uh, uh, rather than do that. Fred, is that a desktop or a laptop? It's a desktop. Okay. So usually if your uh, house gets hit by an electrical storm and your uh, device won't come on, have you tried to uh, turn off your... uh, your surge protector or your power strip and turn it back on or was it plugged directly into the wall uh i had a surge it was on a surge protector but yeah uh-huh. and i have some people that know a lot more than me fiddle with it and uh, okay so the just, reason i ask is because a lot of times when you get hit by a surge like that the uh the surge protector itself or the power switch will need to be cycled so that it can uh start back up so if you've already tried that, then chances are that your uh, your your machine needs a power supply, which should be something that you should be able to get repaired locally if you uh-huh. have a local shop or at least semi-locally. Um, that should not be something that you should have to send off to HP. And I would say it shouldn't cost more than maybe, I mean, if it's a special power supply, maybe 160 bucks. I mean, it, you know, something in that range. It might be a little bit more. It just It depends on where the repair shop is and all. But, um, yeah, it shouldn't cost what a, what a new computer will cost you, and uh, it should just be a, a pretty simple replacement. Okay, man, you haven't gotten to my problem. I haven't gotten to it. Uh, I'm in I'm Mars, so there's no local shop. Uh, I, I bought a new com- computer. I uh, was in the process of trying to put everything over, but I had, uh, and I've gotten back everything. I had to take the, the old computer over to uh, uh place called Complete Computers in Batesville, and he took everything off the hard drive and put wow. it on mine. Everything was fine except for I had a database that I had purchased years ago, and I had updated it one time, you know, they uh-huh. call ACT, A-C-T. Uh-huh. And nobody can find the program. I was just wondering, is there any chance it's floating around out there? Yeah, I, I, mean, called, uh, I called ACT people, and they just said, we don't support that one anymore. So <laughs> right. I just was curious. So but, uh, your database, yes. The program, no. Um, the database can be in a number of folders on the computer itself. But what most repair shops will do if they're not looking for anything like that they're just going to go into your users folder, your documents and settings, where, wherever your files are, and pull your files out. Um, okay. As far as a database goes, that's typically in the program folder itself. It can even uh, it can also be in the uh, the program that hosts the database, like Microsoft SQL Server. A lot of times, those databases are actually in the SQL Server folder. So, if you need access to the information in the database, it should be on the old drive. But as far as the old program goes, if the installation files aren't on your old computer, then, yeah, you're probably out of luck finding a way to get that restored. Uh, if I took the 
old hard drive back to that guy and, and told him to look for that. I didn't at the time. Uh, you specifically. might. You think he might could find it? I mean, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, if he's if he's a decent computer guy, he ought to know that databases can hide in a number of folders, so he should be able to go digging for it especially if you can give him the name of the program and all yeah. and see okay. if there's a, uh, a Microsoft SQL server uh, folder as well, because you might want to copy that also. That's okay. if you use Microsoft SQL server. There's a number of different SQL server uh, frameworks that it could run on top of. So that's, that's just kind of a shot in the dark, but yeah, I would take it back to him. Um, if that doesn't work, then we go back to what I was originally talking to you about, possibly looking at replacing the power supply on the old computer so that you can get that information back. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Fred, stay Thank in touch much. with us. We'll be back here next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And uh, you can check back in with us. Let us know how that's going. You can always send us an email, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And that takes us to the end of the show. Man, lots of questions. Woo. Jeremy, you were hitting them rapid fire. Glad you got back in. I would have, it would have been a bad show if it was just me. and be like, have you unplugged it? Unplug it and plug it back in. That's my answer for everything, right? Yeah. Do you want me to shut it down? No, just unplug it. Just kick it right out of the wall. That's my answer for That's everything, right? That's what to do with Skype. Just <laughs> right. unplug it, plug it just back in, turn it back on. we got to unplug our Skype. That's it. By the way, right. I teased this at the beginning of the show, and I'd be a heel if I didn't give you the actual date. Amazon Prime Day is going to kick off on June 21st this year so you can mark your calendar so there you go it will begin at 12 a.m pacific time monday june 21st and go till 11 59 p.m pacific time on tuesday june 22nd 48 hour event so it's actually not a prime day it's multiple prime Prime days yeah yeah that's it for us southern remedy is next thanks for listening